Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It's good to be with you. Some of you say, I'm just fine, thank you. Others of you saying, what, how do you think I should be? I'm out of work, and I'm, uh, our children are home from school, and we're, we're out of money, and we're almost out of food. How should we be? Well, you should be grateful and deep down in your heart, not fearful, but you should never lose your joy. Because you have God. You have God. If you had a million dollars and you didn't have to worry about a thing, um, uh, but you didn't have our Lord and his church, you would be, of all people, uh, most miserable. Maybe you wouldn't feel miserable, but you would be. Because better to be on earth and um, and even go hungry than to be without God. And you say, I know, but I have a family to feed. This isn't even practical, Mother. You're not, you're, it's pie in the sky. It's not even, uh, come on, we need some real advice. Well, that's it. How could I give you anything else but what he has given us, which is himself? We need to trust him. We need to teach our children to trust him. You know, so many of the world... The world's people and children are poor. And when we think we're poor, in comparison to many of them, we're actually rich. Uh, So many live on bread and water, and few of us have gotten down to that. We need to trust God for this. I, I, I don't have a hunch. I absolutely believe this chastisement. We have earned it. And you say, well, I haven't earned it. Maybe others have. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Uh, I have. Every one of us has because we have lived as kings and queens for a good amount of time. We, we take advantage of the fact that um, we have food. We can go to the store. Even if some are on food stamps, we have what we need. I've seen people with food stamps in the supermarket and their baskets are piled to the sky. And it may be, I saw an article yesterday, um, and it might have been on LifeSite News, that um, uh, a mother was accused of hoarding uh, when she went to the supermarket because she, she needs uh, nine gallons of milk and, and uh, 25 rolls of toilet paper, whatever it was. But the fact is she has 16 children, so she's not hoarding at all, you see. And some people with two children uh, do hoard. So... Um, we need to say, Lord, show us what you will. Show us what you will. If this is a time to not be so deceived that we think we're in control of our lives and you remove everything from us to show us that we're not, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And see what he has for you. And if you bring your family together and pray every day, homeschool your children, 
um, uh, and love your spouse, um, love your children, love everyone unconditionally, you will, without even TV, without, um, I don't know, without uh, sports and without all the extras that keep us busy but also distracted, we can learn to live together as a family. It's probably going to be awkward at first. People might fight, get annoyed with each other, and inwardly be angry because they can't be with their friends or do their thing, and life's disrupted. But after a while, if all you have is one another in the family, you might uh, begin to realize what God has intended for you, that you really be a family and have one another and assist one another, and there'll be no arguments. You know, people that live in poor countries and they have to... They don't know that they have in the morning, if they have any breakfast at all, um, they don't know that they'll have dinner. That's their whole life is getting enough food to stay alive. And when they come home, they're grateful. Uh, And they don't spend time fighting and arguing and closed up in their bedrooms. So um, I think God is bringing us uh, to what he wants. And we have a choice whether to respond or not regardless of who's right and who's wrong bishops priests lay people secular world whoever's right and who's ever whoever is right or wrong don't worry about that know that nothing touches you that god does not allow and say yes lord and learn to be grateful in whatever circumstances saint paul said he's learned to live in riches and in poverty and he's content He just hasn't learned to put up with things. He says, I'm content in all circumstances because he walks with God. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, before we get back into our book, Theology for Beginners, I have an announcement. Next week, uh, dear ones, is going to be a very uh, special week, all week, for those who listen uh, to and support the Station of the Cross. Next week is going to be a very special week. The entire week is devoted to the Station of the Cross. And you know that this program is a joint effort between the Station of the Cross um, and LifeSite News. And uh, that's why Station of the Cross Radio, we've been together for a long time. And LifeSite News entered the picture so that we could stream this program live to you. That's when we changed the name of the program from Heart to Heart with Mother Miriam to Mother Miriam Live. And so um, those who listen by the Station of the Cross and maybe don't have a computer or an iPhone or uh, a way to uh, download it with the stream, um, you could see it on YouTube, you could listen to podcasts both on uh, LifeSite News and on the Facebook pages of the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News and on Facebook, Mother Miriam Live and um, uh, YouTube, all of that. So many people can get it. And um, uh, so, but next week is going to be completely devoted uh, uh, to the Station of the Cross and we'll be live streaming uh, on LifeSite News, um, some encore programs, which many of you may have not seen. Um, but um, because of that, 
uh, I want to read you a special announcement from LifeSite News, um, since as of Monday it'll be we'll be uh, talking directly from Station of the Cross, um, and um, Station of the Cross is is having their biannual, um, that is uh, every six months, um, a fundraising drive, and I tell you in advance, beloved. Um, it's the time to not not be with them, not to tune out. But if 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 you listen and you say, well, they'll be supported in other ways. Our finances are going down. Uh, we can't support them or LifeSite News. Well, that may be a correct judgment on your part. Uh, nobody can know that but you. Um, but bear in mind that all the employees, all the staff, many are volunteers of LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross, bear in mind that they're in the same situation as we are. They, the coronavirus um, is um, uh, as much uh, with them uh, as it is uh, with us. Uh, Station of the Cross is headquartered in Buffalo, and they have uh, 10 networks between Buffalo and Boston. Um, and they come directly through many local radio stations all over the country. And they're also heard all over the world. So it's a very, very great thing. But New York is the most hit um, uh, location state in the entire United States uh, with the coronavirus. And that's where they are. And so they have families to feed. Uh, they have equipment, uh, electricity bills to keep, and they're in the same position as we are. Don't think they have money behind them because they don't. They also depend on our donations, and then they give us everything else. So, um, and LifeSite News as well. Uh, LifeSite News kind of has a year-round campaign for monthly uh, sustainers, monthly donors, um, they go out to over 40 million people. They're the most watched uh, live pro-life uh, program on the Internet. Uh, they have a staff of over 40 people. So both LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross really need our support, really need our support. Um, I couldn't be here. I couldn't be here without them, both of them. And I couldn't be here without you. Because I can't keep a single-handedly, neither can any of the hosts, uh, both these magnificent apostolates going. And the point is that they are incredibly um, trustworthy apostolates. When I uh, go out on the air through the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, I know that the truth of our glorious faith will be lived and not countered and not criticized, maybe criticized by some apart from these apostolates who listen. But these apostolates are two of the most faithful uh, Catholic apostolates ministries you can find worldwide. That's what I believe. That's why I'm with them. Otherwise, I wouldn't be with them a day. So I'm going to read this special announcement to you as soon as we come back from the break. And then at the second break, we'll begin to take your calls, your texts, and your emails. Don't go away. 
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Merciful God, our Father, hear our fervent prayer for all who suffer from the coronavirus. May those who are infected receive the proper treatment and the comfort of your healing presence. May caregivers, families, neighbors, and church communities be shielded from the spread of this virus. Preserve our bodies from contagious disease and our souls from all sin. Protect and guide those who strive to find a cure, that their work may conquer the virus and restore our communities to wholeness and health. Help us to rise above fear and to live in your peace. We ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima and in the name of your Son, Jesus, the Divine Physician, and the Holy Spirit, who live and reign now and forever. Amen. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hello, beloved. Hello, dear ones. I'm now going to read that special message about LifeSite News because we won't be able to do it all of next week. Um, And this is straight from LifeSite News. Um, Excuse me, hold on. LifeSite News is in the midst of their 2020 Front Lines campaign. Frontlines is a call to all readers and subscribers to LifeSite's news reporting to help build an army of sustainers to join them on the battlefield for life, family, and faith by pledging to become a recurring monthly gift. Now, I'm going to I'm going to uh, interrupt their own message by saying. Um, We here at the Daughters of Mary have a number of individuals who give us recurring gifts every single month. It's an automatic uh, process through their bank that they've set up. We get a number of checks, $10 a month, which is $120 for the entire year, $10 a month. I want to tell you, when those envelopes come in, my heart soars because Uh, Number one, these are steady donations that we know 
people have done this for the year and made a commitment ongoing. Some people have just been doing this for several years with us. And we know that this is ongoing support. And we know that unless they stop, and if they have to, they have to, um, that we have money for our electric bill and food every month. It's terrific. And then people call and they say, tell us what you need. And I say to them, we're just fine. We, we have everything. We, we, we have food and we have shelter and we have electricity. And what more do we need? If we ever find a new home, we might need a little more to get set up. But we're fine. We ha- what do we need? And so um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I say that for LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. I can tell you what it means when every single month they get a check for $10. And it could be 25, it could be more. It's, it's up to what everybody can do. But don't ever think that a donation is too small, even if it's $5 a month. Uh, we have one family who for a few years gave us $5 a month. Eventually they were able to raise it to 20, but for several years it was $5 a month. It's just so encouraging to us because we know that they are supporting us that they have the same mindset, the same faith, and that they're praying for us and that they're in this battle with us. That means so much, so much, beloved. And I can speak for LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross to tell you that it means the same to them. And so um, they say that you can... um, uh, help build an army of sustainers to join LifeSite News on the battlefield for life, family, and faith by pledging to become a recurring monthly gift. Um, isn't that funny the way it's worded? Not to give a recurring monthly gift, but to become a recurring monthly gift. Or a, a month, maybe they meant a recurring monthly giver. But you see, if you set up a, a recurring monthly gift, you are the gift. Every single month, you become a recurring monthly gift. I love this. And it goes on to say, as a reader-funded organization, LifeSite relies fully on its readers to fund the entire mission of bringing truth-filled news to millions. I would like to invite you to become a part of this life-changing, truth-seeking mission. To do so, simply go to lifesitenews.com and click the Frontlines 2020 logo in the top right-hand corner or just click the link in the description of this podcast episode to join their growing army of supporters. And to make this opportunity even more compelling, a LifeSite donor family has offered to match every monthly gift made this year up to $120,000. Now you say, well, that family doesn't have anything to worry about. That family, beloved, um, they may be poor tomorrow financially. We don't know that. We don't know what God has in store. The fact is, they're not hoarding their money. They're not keeping it to themselves. They're recognizing the gift God has enabled them to have and sharing it for the building of his kingdom. I applaud that family. And this message from LifeSite News goes on to say, what a great opportunity to double 
your impact this year by joining Life Sites Frontlines campaign. So if you say, well, we can we can only give ten dollars a month and we really I think we can only afford seven dollars a month, there's seven dollars will become fourteen because of this family. So to donate, it says visit Life Site News, one word, Life Site S I T E News dot com forward slash 2020. That's the end of their message. So, um, now, I was going to go back to um, uh, theology for beginners, and we won't have too much time for that this morning, but uh, during the break, I snuck over to my mail, and I saw a message um, I subscribe to Church Pop. Uh, it's churchpoppop.com. And, um, and I did so because the title says, Scott Hahn offers divine hope for COVID pandemic. And it's in quotes, hold up the light of the body of Christ. This is hope. And listen, um, I, apparently it's a uh, online interview and I'm not going to uh, play the sound, but they've got... A quotes from the message below. I'm going to read that because I think it's so important, beloved. People are really becoming afraid. Don't be afraid. If we become afraid, we, we, uh, how do we say it? We kind of put Christ behind us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, picture, try to imagine that he's come right into your house and said, Sam, John, Susie, Marilyn, whatever it is, don't be afraid. I am with you. I will protect you. Just be faithful and live your faith completely during this time um, and reach out to those who don't have faith. And so Scott Hahn's latest book apparently is titled Hope to Die, The Christian Meaning of Death and the Resurrection of the Body. And, um, and it says the founder of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology provides hope. That's Scott Hahn, and he's the one that um, really, really started my journey to the Catholic Church. Uh, my brother David Moss and Scott Hahn uh, were the two people uh, who really... Uh, helped me into the church uh, so magnificently, magnificently. But our Lord used Scott Hahn's uh, tapes to break through my anti-Catholic heart. Um, and then finally, a priest who died a few years ago, a most beloved priest, Monsignor James T. O'Connor, uh, finally uh, received me into the church. So God has given me a, a wonderful wonderful group of his uh, shepherds to to assist me in that way. And Scott um, is the founder of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, and it says that he provides hope, especially during this coronavirus pandemic. He explains why we should not fear death and touches on God's presence during this time of crisis. Now, this doesn't mean we won't die. We know people who have died, um, and we certainly know of them. Um, but so we don't fear death, not because we're not subject to death or vulnerable, but because it's not something to fear. And now quoting Scott, the greatest miracle that Christ could do is not simply to help us discover a vaccine and a cure, but to cure us 
of our own disordered fear of suffering and dying. This disordered fear of losing natural life, when in fact, what we ought to fear is the loss of supernatural life. We ought to fear offending God, our loving Father, more than offending my flesh and its appetites, Scott said. The article goes on to say he also explains how his family came together during this time, uh, quote, knitting their hearts together, end quote, as three of his children, two of whom are seminarians, are you listening? Two of whom are seminarians studying for the priesthood, uh, quarantine in their home. This was, Scott says, divinely timed. This was a providential project, Hans said, of his new book, Hebrews Chapter 2, verse 15, um, says that it was through accepting death and transforming death. It was through uh, that Jesus basically conquered the one with power over the death who is the devil. And he delivers us who, with fear of death, were subject to lifelong bondage to the devil. We're free, beloved, in Christ. We're free. No reason to fear. Scott finally says, all the mysteries of faith really add up to one mystery, and it's something that is in our bodies through baptism and Holy Communion, an exciting time for us as we are sort of absent from the sacraments. So if you want to hear the full um, uh, interview, go to church pop, one word, church pop, P-O-P dot com forward slash 2020 uh, zero f- sl- and today, and let's see, I guess it's yesterday's date. Um, and if, if you go to church pop dot com slash 2020 slash zero four slash 23, that's yesterday slash Scott um, Han, whatever, just church pop and Scott Han. You'll you'll bring the interview up. Uh, you'll be able to do that, and then um, you'll see. Uh, you'll hear the interview, and um, you will see it. Um, okay, we have just. Oh, I think we just have maybe a minute. Hardly that, even for the break. Let me give you one last quote from Scott. He says, you realize when the light shines into the dark, it shines brighter, but it also reveals just how deep the darkness can be. For us right now, we have got to hold up the light of the body of Christ and the body that he has given us in the Eucharist and in the body of ours that he will resurrect. Um, It amazes me to see, says Scott Hahn, how much good news God brings out of the worst. And he's doing it, beloved. Even if you cannot receive the Eucharist right now, we can receive spiritual communion. And we have just printed out uh, thousands of holy cards um, that give you the prayer of a spiritual communion. And we will insert them into our next newsletter. Um, which is a very belated Easter newsletter, or maybe toward Pentecost, uh, but it's 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 uh, in process right now. So, God bless you, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, or text one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Um, to Mother Miriam Live. And I am she, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And this is our own half hour. Um, And so, uh, let me see now. We have um, several questions here. I'm going to begin with uh, Jerry, a question from Facebook. And uh, Jerry says, good afternoon, Mother. I was watching one of your podcasts referring to an article regarding Akita, the Akita apparition being approved by the church. Does that mean that this apparition is a revealed truth and dogmatically or doctrinally revealed truth? Um, Well, it means... It doesn't. It's not necessarily a newly revealed truth, but it means that it does. If it's approved, then uh, the church has approved that it has occurred, and it, it may be new. Uh, no new doctrine. No new doctrine. It cannot. It's, it would be approved because it does not go against uh, any of the teaching of the uh, last two thousand years since the beginning, and so uh, two thousand twenty years. Um, 
does that mean that this apparition is a revealed truth and dogmatically or doctrinally revealed truth? It means that it does not go against any church teaching and uh, seems to be a valid, has been approved as a valid apparition such as Fatima. In other words, that Our Lady truly came from heaven, truly um, appeared to those she chose as visionaries and gave messages. So that is a proof that it happened, but there's not going to be new revelation in any private apparition or in an unprivate apparition. There's no, nothing new under the sun. Revelation ceased with the last apostle. Um, Second, Jerry says, is Akita a public or private revelation? It's a private revelation that became public through the visionary. Um, and why would, just as Fatima is a private revelation to the three children, but again, uh, Our Lady told the children to spread it to make the message public, and we have movie fil- films on that now. Um, and why would public or private make a difference in my journey of faith in the church? It doesn't need to be. Um, again, public revelation ceased with the last apostle. That's it. There's no new revelation since the first century, since the last apostle. That's it. Um, Private revelation has been going on in different ways through the years. But again, they must be approved by the church. And that means that uh, scientists and doctors and other people get involved and, (coughs) excuse me, to show that it's not a hoax, um, and again, it may not go against any revealed truth uh, since the last apostle. Uh, it is the faith once delivered to the faith, to the saints, and nothing further can be revealed. However, there is such a thing as the development of doctrine. Uh, Cardinal uh, John Henry Newman writes about that in a book so titled Development of Christian Doctrine. And it shows how the entire faith was there in the beginning, just like a tree is there in the acorn. Uh, As a child is there at the moment of conception, a full child, everything that little one, that makes that person a person, but it needs to grow and develop into full maturity. The same thing with the acorn of the church grows into a full tree, but you can trace truth from the acorn uh, that was um, presented through the apostles in the beginning right to the full tree that covers the whole world right now. And you can trace, uh, Cardinal Newman showed how you could trace the truth from the acorn into the branches of the tree, and you can also trace uh, the truth in the branches back to the acorn, and in so doing, be able to discern, to determine, uh, to um, uh, give evidence to what is a true growth and what is a false growth. So, um, finally, Jerry says, why would public or private make a difference in my journey of faith in the church, it should not make a difference if the private revelation uh, is approved by the church because many, many 
thousands of people claim that they have a message from God, they have a message from the Blessed Mother, from St. Joseph, from Jesus, from all different visionaries. They saw Jesus on a building, you know, all Mary on a building, all kinds of things people claim. And um, uh, the, the fact is, every time Mary appears, all she tells us to do is, is go to Jesus. That's all. And to repent... Uh, repent of our sins, turn from our wicked ways, spend time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. That's what she keeps saying. Her her messages are all uh, in accord with one another, and they've become quite strong through Our Lady of Akita, of Fatima, of La Salette, of good success um, on the chastisement I think we're now beginning to receive, and it's going to get worse. Uh, that's what those apparitions say we need to repent not to be afraid we need to repent so that we have the confidence that if we don't turn from god we're on our way to heaven if we continue to live in sin we have no hope at all no hope um mortal sin okay so again public or private revelation um it does not make a difference in your journey of faith as long as the private revelation has been approved by the church. Okay. Um, Would you, uh, Mother, would you point me in the direction to find where priests cannot refuse we the faithful to receive Jesus on the tongue? I actually can... But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait. I'm sorry, Margaret, I didn't read your question in advance. I actually have a paper from Rome uh, saying that, and so that no one can be refused. That is true. No one, no priest, no bishop uh, can refuse the faithful to receive Jesus on the tongue, not during the coronavirus or any other time. It's actually safer on the tongue than on the ha- than in the hand during the coronavirus, and that's been shown. Um, I will get that letter during the break, and I will come back and read it to you. But the fact is, um, that's the norm. Communion in the hand, people think is the norm with the option to receive on the tongue. It's the opposite. Communion on the tongue is canon law, and it's the norm. Communion received in the hand is an option. It's a very unfortunate option, but it's an option. But communion on the tongue is the norm, and no one can refuse. Now, obviously, priests and bishops do refuse to give people communion on the tongue. It's, it's, it's shameful, and it's a tragedy, and they are not living their priesthood. Uh, that's a very sad situation. But canonically, they should not refuse. We have a Facebook question from Angelo, and he says, Mother Miriam, have you watched the movie The Chosen? Scott Hahn has endorsed it. What are your thoughts on the movie? You know, I think I might have some years ago. I don't clearly remember. I've watched... um, a couple of films that sound like one of them would have been the chosen, but I cannot clearly um, recall it. Uh, I I I I think I do, and if it's the one I'm thinking of, um, it's a good film. I would I would also endorse it. I would also endorse it. 
Um, and if Scott Harness endorsed it, I don't think you need to worry. <clears throat> but yes, I, I think you're fine with The Chosen. Uh, I think it involves um, two boys, both Jewish, one from a very, very orthodox father, the other from a rather reformed Judaism. And I think it's their lives of growing up together and how they end up in their faith. I think that's it. I might be off, but it's a fine film. All right, if I'm remembering correctly. We have another question from Facebook from Maria, and she says, first, I would like to thank God for Mother Miriam. Oh, dear, and I'm reading this. And to thank you, Mother Miriam, for all you do. Thank you, Maria. God bless you. My question is, Mother Miriam, our church doors are open for a few hours in the day. That is great right now. Are we in disobedience if we go into the church to adore the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle and say some prayers? Well, why would you be in disobedience if your church doors are open for a few hours in the day? Maria, you're, you're confusing me with your question. If the church doors are open for a few hours in the day, it means the priest is inviting people to come into the church to adore our Lord and and pray. So I don't know your question. If if the priest has opened the doors, how could you be in disobedience? Uh, If you break through the church, that might be problematic. So maybe you could clarify your question, dear one. We have an email from Mia. Uh, And she says, hello, Mother, I hope you are well. I am, thanks be to God. First off, I just found your videos, and you have quickly become one of my favorite blessings. Well, thanks be to God for that, Mia. She says, I found you through your talks on modesty, trying to find some honest answers about women, women's dress, since, unfortunately, I have found none at my Novus Ordo Parish. I have taken notes and am setting aside money to modify my wardrobe. Well, bless you, Mia. So first off, I need to thank you for that. Well, thank you, Mia. God bless you and the heart he's given you to want what is good and modest. And now she says, so my question. My husband and I are recent converts. Um, We attended our first Mass this December, and both of us grew up secular. So we have very little Christian formation and are struggling with some family issues. Before conversion, we used birth control, so we have no children, but are planning a family currently, so children are in the near future. Well, unless you're pregnant at the the moment, you, you pray that children are in the near future because children are an absolute gift from God. We have had my mother-in-law living with us since last June. She was living with her sister, but they got in a fight, so we offered to have her stay with us since she cannot afford to live on her own. She started coming to the Catholic Church with us, but rejects many of their teachings. And the more my husband and I are growing, the more traditional we are becoming. Well, blessed be God for that, Mia. We are getting a lot of pushback from her. For example, she is upset that we are open to life no matter what and are putting the number of children we have in God's hands. She keeps telling me, I won't want more than two and it will be too hard 
which gets very discouraging after a while. We have tried to explain humane vitae and that this isn't our decision, but the Lord's good for you. And while she says she understands, she still keeps trying to persuade us otherwise. Well, your email goes on right here, and I'm going to continue it when we come back from the break. But I'll tell you right now, Mia, I would give your mother-in-law an ultimatum. Either you keep quiet about our lifestyle and our faith and live with us, or you need to find another place to live. That's the bottom line. She either respects your faith and your choice for your marriage and children, or she cannot live with you. If she does, she needs to keep her opinions to herself. If she has a legitimate question, she can ask. But she needs to either keep quiet and pray for you or leave. Okay. Um, We'll be right back, beloved. After the break, call in with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Do you have questions about your faith life and the life of your family? Ask Mother Miriam each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern when the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live, a program to inspire you and offer solutions to many of life's challenges. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam with some very exciting news. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. If you are not able to watch the live stream, you'll still be able to listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate on the iCast. Catholic Radio mobile app or at thestationofthecross.com. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. We have a good 10 minutes. Our phone lines are open if you'd like to call in toll-free, 
511-548-5483, and the email is mother at the station of the cross.com. We are reading an email from Mia. Mia is married and said that she and her husband were secular and they have recently converted to the Catholic Church. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> And she is growing in her appreciation for what is true modesty. And um, they have no children because they didn't understand the issues of birth control in life before they were Catholic, but now they do, and they're becoming more traditional. Um, but they have a mother-in-law, uh, Mia has a mother-in-law that um, had nowhere to live, and she needed to bring her mother-in-law in with her. And so the mother-in-law, who is not Catholic, has been kind of on their backs um, because they're practicing birth control and want to leave how many children they have in God's hands. And the mother-in-law doesn't understand that. So she's fighting them um, and keeps trying, in Mia's words, to persuade them otherwise. And just before the break, uh, my, my advice is... Uh, you need to let your mother-in-law know in a very loving, respectful way <clears throat> that that is the life that the two of you, um, that God has given you faith, that you are Catholic, that you're going nowhere else, and this is the teaching of the Catholic Church, the teaching of God through his church, and you're not going to offend God by um, whatever human beings think. And if she argues with you, you need to say, Mom, um, we understand this is not your thinking, um, but it is ours, and you're living in our home, and we ask you to respect it. If you cannot, if you counter us, if you fight us on it, you simply need to find another place to live because we don't want to live with conflict in our house. We don't want to. Mom, this is our marriage, and this is our way of living. This is our faith. And you don't have to believe it, but you need to keep your your own thoughts to yourself and live at peace in this house, or you're free to leave. I really mean that. And if you say, well, she has no place to go, she has to make a decision then. She's either out on the street, I mean this, or she respects you if she wants uh, your shelter. <clears throat> And uh, Mia goes on to say she believes in abortion in cases of rape and incest. She believes in gay marriage, thinks the traditional church is sexist for not allowing altar girls like the Novus Ordo. She also rejects praying to Mary because she thinks it's weird. She won't bring up any of these concerns to our RCIA instructor, which I feel is dishonest if she takes First Communion when confirmed with all these beliefs. She cannot take First Communion. She cannot. Uh, not in the Catholic Church. If, if she does, you need to let the priest know the situation. We have tried gently telling her this, and she blows it off. Well, that's her choice. Um, I say all this not to gossip or complain, but to give context to a very difficult situation. I'm terrified of bringing up children with her living with us. You will not. You will not bring ch up children with your mother-in-law living with you. Just make that decision right now right now, and you don't need the stress. And if God gives you the gift of pregnancy, you don't need to go through the pregnancy with that stress. Your mother-in-law needs, you need to get it straight today. You and your husband need to confront her and say, Mom, we love you. We know you're having difficulty having a place to live. We've invited you here, but uh, 
you have no option to counter anything we believe or our lifestyle. If you cannot, uh, you don't have to respect our beliefs, but you need to respect us. And these are not conversations to have in our house. And if you cannot live that way, mom, you have to leave. And if she says, but I have nowhere else to go. Well, then you're going to be out in the street. We're not putting you out. If you continue this, you are putting yourself out. Now, let me read the end of this email. I know that's tough, but you have to do it. Uh, Our Lord said, uh, man and woman will leave their father and mother to build their family. And if you take your mother-in-law in, she has to comply with you. You don't have to comply with her. And that's not disrespect. She's disrespecting you. And so uh, Mia says, I say all this not to gossip or complain, uh, but to give context to a very difficult decision. I'm terrified of bringing up my children with her living with us. I cannot pretend grandparents are not influential. You you absolutely cannot pretend that. And she's not going to be able to see her grandchildren if she cannot control herself in these matters because you are going to raise them Catholic. And if you find her countering that in any way, she has forfeited a relationship with her grandchildren. You have to be strong. Mia says, I don't want her teaching our children to cherry pick doctrine and I cannot make her believe what she does not believe. That's correct. Um, My husband has come to the decision that we have to ask her to go back and live with her sister and pray hard for her true conversion. That's fine. Not only will she be a bad influence on the kids, but she's been a stumbling block for us as well. She has to leave your house. That's it. She would not support us fasting for Lent or be supportive of us minimizing our possessions to practice temperance. She keeps buying us stuff for the house because we, quote, unquote, need it. Well, you simply say to her, you may not bring anything to this house. You may not. This is our home, and we, are, we don't want you to bring anything in for this house that you think we need. Uh, finally, she ends the email by saying, this is all very difficult. Um, <clears throat> because we want to make sure we are honoring her and we know this will not go over well with her to leave. Of course not. She will be very hurt. Yes, she will. But her influence is becoming toxic. It already is. Are we doing the right thing? You are. Are we still honoring her? You dishonor her when you let her live a life of sin and disrespect and um, uh going against God and his teaching. You dishonor her if you do that. Uh, if she's mentally ill, that's a problem. But you, you will, yes, you are honoring her as long as you proclaim God's truth and you say, Mom, um, we can't have you in this house. Uh, we can, understanding you believe otherwise, if you don't continue to counter us. And when we have children... You will not be able to say one thing to them about the way we're raising them or to us. And so me apologizes for this long email. Um, God bless you in the work you do, Mother. Warmest regards. So I've kind of commented to you through the email, Mia. Um, you and your husband, now, you, I think you said it's your mother-in-law, which means your husband, not you, uh, must do the talking with you present both of you together, but your husband, not you, must do the talking because uh, she will come against you a lot more than she'll come against her son. And 
if her son speaks that, if you speak it, she'll think you're controlling your son and poisoning him. Uh, your son, uh, rather her son, uh, is the one that must be the spokesperson here. Okay. And if she asks you if you agree, of course you do. No problem. So um, uh, you need to act strongly and decisively. We have very little time. Let me read you this message on communion in the tongue. It's from the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of Sacraments. And they say, this congregation wishes to acknowledge receipt of a letter um, regarding the right of the faithful to receive Holy Communion on the tongue. This dicastery observes that its instruction, Redemptionis Sacramentum, clearly stipulates that each of the faithful always has the right to receive Holy Communion on the tongue. Nor is it licit to deny Holy Communion to any of Christ's faithful who are not impeded by law from receiving Holy Communion, uh, the Holy Eucharist on the tongue. That is by church law. No, beloved, you can do this, and I will reread this to you on Monday in its fullness. God bless you, and a blessed weekend.